1: Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today's show, we have another fantastic, fun-packed show with my good buddy, Simon Ong. Simon, who we met actually quite a number of years ago, actually, we met at... uh, Simon was one of the keynote speakers. I was one of the participants many, 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 many years ago. And we've always stayed in connection with each other. I was always fascinated about his outlook in life and what I call perspective and wisdom and success. I was always fascinated with that. And he had a really good, down to earth, non egotistical perspective of life. So, who is Simon? Simon is someone who sees the world differently, he's someone that comes from a slightly different perspective. Than some of the big gurus in the personal development world out there, Um, he helps helps you to encapsulate uh, what possibility and untapped possibility is and also imagination more than anything else. He's an award-winning coach. He's a a keynote speaker. He's also worked with some of the biggest brands and companies such as Microsoft Virgin, DocuSign, which is the big docu thing. Mm -hmm. And Salesforce, not just to mention a few, and he's also got a new book coming out, which we'll also talk about as well. So, welcome to the show, Simon. (laughs) Adam, thank you so much for having me, and good to catch up with you again. Absolutely, always, always look forward to our conversations, brother. Um, So, before we kind of move forwards, because we've got like we've got listeners from all over the world: Malaysia, India, United States, whatever it is some of you know some of some of the people that are listening in know you pretty well some of you don't most majority of people don't but just to give some context to our listeners can you just tell us a little bit about you know what got you to where you are right now and like your past sort of experience can you just give us a bit of a bit, bit of perspective for us
1: sure so just to give you a bit of background of myself first I'm A Malaysian Chinese, I was born here in the UK to two Malaysian parents. And my life was very linear up to the age of around uh, 19, uh, 19, 20 years old. Now, what I mean by linear was the traditional go to school, uh, get good grades, get to a better school, uh, get to university, get a good job. So that's what I mean by life was fairly linear. And even when I was deciding what career I wanted to do, I remember my friends and even my family telling me that success in a career was when you were doing one of four jobs a banker, a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. So at this age, success for me was very narrowly defined by four industries. And so I decided to pursue the banking route because that appealed to me the most from the research that I did. And that saw me. Study at the London School of Economics. So what I meant that life was linear up to around 19 or 20 is that my first challenge happened at that age. My mom unfortunately passed away at that age. She uh, was just shy of reaching her 50th birthday. And then a couple of years after that, uh, I failed my second year of university. Now for any family that's hard to take uh, a death followed by the failure of a year at university. But can you imagine what it's like for a Chinese family with high expectations of their son uh, to graduate and pass with flying colors to repeat a year at university. So that was the beginning, if you will, of me starting to question what is success? Is success now defined by the jobs we have, by the money we earn, or is there something more than just these so-called career virtues? Uh, And that path to where I am today really accelerated post 2008. So I was able to come out of those challenges, land a job in the city in the middle of 2007. Uh, My timing, if I'm honest, wasn't that great because just a year later, we had the global financial crisis and the company I began my career with was Lehman Brothers, which fell into bankruptcy in September 2008. So not a great start to my career. And while it was painful, And If you've ever lost your job, uh, especially in times of crisis, I'm sure you can relate to this, but when you have high expectations of what you want to achieve and what you want to accomplish, how you're going to progress in your career, and suddenly, without you being in control, all of that is swept from under your feet, it is a very scary moment. Mm. In hindsight, however, it was probably the biggest blessing of my life because it kick-started a series of events that led to what I do today. And it first began with me pausing, reflecting, and asking myself, well, what is my definition of success? Mm -hmm. And the reason I started to go deep into that question, it sounds a simple question, but I think it's an important one. And that's because many of us, I've observed, are exhausted, not because uh, we're doing too much, but because we're doing too little of the things that excite us. We're exhausted because we're trying to run someone else's race and measure our progress against someone else's metrics. But when we take the moment to go inward and explore what our very own personal definition of success is, and it will be different for each of us, the challenge for us is to then build our life around those answers. And that is what i started doing from this moment i started to write down my thoughts i started to explore my curiosities were and just take very very tiny steps i think one of the big misconceptions about personal development is you have to take these big gigantic steps forward these big changes must be implemented in your lives but reality is it's all about the incremental step so that's where it really began i'm sure we can explore more but uh from there, I started exploring coaching. I started coaching uh, incredible individuals, and that led to speaking, uh, to brand consultancy, and now to writing my first book.
0: Very cool. Very good. Excellent. Some good perspective there. Um, now, you're very much into you. 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 Your specialism is in things like um, philosophy, wisdom, energy, mm. and the correlations between that and creating success whatever that looks like to either the individual or whatever it mm. might be how do you how do you first of all what, how do you maximize how do you define energy management and yeah let's start with that how do you define energy management what do you do to embrace high energy and do we need to embrace high energy all the time that's a good question
1: sure so if i start on energy management i think that is the uh, for me it's the foundation uh, of achieving anything in life if i put it to you this way if you get little rest and sleep and you wake up in the morning already exhausted before the day has even started then no hack or strategy is going to work because you simply don't have the energy to implement it
0: True.
1: and the experience that i went through to learn about this uh, was in my second job after Lehman brothers collapsed I remember I was working in a demanding job. It was grueling hours. I was in around 6.37. I was often out at 10 or 11 in the evening. I was eating takeaway and junk food uh, to fuel me throughout the day. And it wasn't sustainable. I remember one night I I came back home after a client event. And it was 3 in the morning. And it was a massive wake-up call. Because I remember before I entered the nightclub, which was downstairs in the basement, I texted my, my girlfriend at the time and I said to her, I'm going to be taking the last train back just to let you know. Uh, and then when I went down to the basement, I obviously lost signal. So my mobile phone lost signal yeah. and then the drink started flowing, the night started. And before I knew it, when I picked up my belongings from the cloakroom, it was already past one thirty in the morning and I clearly missed the last train to get back home. Uh, and there was missed calls. There was uh Voice messages left there for my girlfriend, and when I got back home, it was such a blur. I just remember slipping into the bathtub, totally drunk, and just dizzy from what had happened that night. And my com the conversation I had with my girlfriend was one which revealed to me how much energy this job was taking away from me. And I started to reflect after that, and I took a few days off work. I, I said they were sick days, but they were really days for me just to recuperate and also to reflect on what was happening in my life and I realized that if what I was working on if what I was doing was requiring me to sacrifice my physical and mental health then it wasn't something that would be worth it it wasn't worth it Uh, and that taught me the importance of energy it it gave me an understanding that the first wealth we have which I think is something All of us in the world have understood more in the last year or so with the global pandemic that has affected many lives personally and professionally, is your first wealth is your health. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the baseline uh, of energy. If you're not eating well, if you're not exercising, if you're not sleeping well, then you don't have a good baseline of energy to build from. Now, once you've got that in place, you can then add the next layer, which for me is understanding what is the vision that you are striving for. Because once you then know that, for me, you begin to unlock the greatest source of energy that is. When you're excited about something, when you have a vision that is so compelling and magnetic in nature, that you can't help but get up in the morning and take the steps forward to make that a reality. A vision that is so grand that it makes any challenges Setbacks or failures that you will inevitably face, tiny, almost minuscule in comparison to that vision you want to create into reality.
0: Good, some good, some good points that. And uh, and I'll, I'll share my own story with you and, uh, in a bit. But I wanted to kind of talk about on, on the uh, on the question of high energy. What have you found? over the last sort of sort of five, 10 years, what have you found the correlations between um, high energy or energy management mm-hmm. and achievement fulfillment? How do they go hand in hand? How do they kind of entwine? Uh, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit with regards to vision and stuff, but what what is your take on that?
1: Sure, well, first of all, the reality is, and just to set this out before I dive into my thoughts on this, is it's impossible to stay at a high energy every minute of the day.
0: True.
1: Uh, And I just wanna put that out as context first. So Mm. it's not about staying at a high energy every minute of the day. It's about managing your energy. And I think there's a big difference because when we look at time management, what happens is that we assume mistakenly that we have the same level of energy throughout the day. True. So I am just as energized in the morning as I am in the evening. So if we assume that we have the same energy throughout the day, we then just time manage. Okay, at seven to eight, I'm going to do that. At five to six, I'm going to do this activity. However, it's better to start with energy management, i.e. at what points of the day do I naturally feel higher on energy? And at what points do I feel lower on energy? And then manage our priorities and schedules around that. So... What I've observed with clients I've worked with, but also people I've had conversations with, is that when we time manage, we often tend to put the items that we would like to do when we have lower energy. And so we don't tend to follow through with them and we keep putting them off because we tend to schedule them when we have the least energy. However, if we change that and reflect on, okay, what is my energy pattern throughout the day And how do I schedule the most important tasks during those moments when I'm higher on energy and the less important tasks when I'm lower on energy? Now, we've also got to keep in mind that energy, it's limited, right? We're like a battery. You wouldn't continue using your phone if it's a 2% battery. You would rush to find the nearest charger so you can top up the energy of the battery. And it's the same with us, we're like a battery. When we're operating at 100%, we feel we can achieve anything. It's the same feeling you get when you've done a great workout and you come out of the gym and someone says to you, hey, there's an issue that needs to be sorted out. Yeah. The way you approach and respond to that is very different if you were low on energy. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to think about managing your energy in that regard, but also how can you recharge yourself? So, when your battery does deplete, because we're always depleting ourselves of energy from the decisions we make, mm. uh, from the people we spend time with, from the work we do, all of these affect our energy level. And so, understanding how best to recharge your energy is really important. Mm. Too many of us think our batteries run forever. And that's why burnout is increasing in today's society, because even though we've got all of these gadgets and tools and apps to make us more efficient. What's happening is that we're spending more and more and more time on our devices and screens that is having the opposite effect of burning us out.
0: But do you think that with burnout, and I don't know about you, but when I think of burnout, I also feel like, you know, when people become burnout, it's not just about energy, but it's also about doing something which people are Passionate that they love mm. and they're doing something. Do you th- do you also think that there's also a correlation to what people do on a day to day basis as well in mm. terms of their passion with regards to the burnout thing? What do you, What's your thought on that?
1: Definitely. And, and Adam, I would say that is still energy. Now, when I think of energy, uh, I picture it as four compartments. Uh-huh. So it's your physical energy, it's your mental energy, yeah. uh, it's your spiritual energy, and your emotional energy. Now, when you talk about doing something that has purpose or doing something that you enjoy that for me is your spiritual energy okay. do you do something that makes you feel alive mm. uh, that allows you to express your natural gifts and talents if not there's always going to be a misalignment between what you're doing and what comes naturally to you True. so if you are let's say a natural born singer or artist or cook And people are telling you, well, you're not actually that good because you're failing in math, physics, and English. Then you're going to see yourself as a failure. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have this big tension because the true you inside is being restricted. It's being told it's not good because the world you think doesn't value what you have to share. Mm -hmm. But when you have the space and the opportunity to express your best self, whatever that best self is, Right. That's when you enter what I call energetic flow. Energetic flow is simply when all your energies concentrate in something that makes you feel alive, and thereby people start to see your genius in action.
0: Very cool. Very good. Love it. Fantastic. Straight straight on point. Um, interestingly enough, it was about seven or eight years ago. Actually, I was uh, making a transition from one career to another. So you you know my background I used I actually started off in the sports performance world so things like uh, sports performance coaching and 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 kind of more personal training but then it was interesting so one one morning uh, was no sorry one evening it was um, I I just couldn't um, put my finger on it but I woke up one morning thinking I kind of feel like I'm um, more than what I, I'm doing. Does that make sense? I, I, mm. I want to, I feel like um, that th- what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, I was trying to challenge the status quo in terms of like my mm. thoughts, my thinking, and my purpose more than anything else. And it took me about, I don't know, 18 months at least, 18 mm. months to 24 months to really find that clarity, to find out what really kind of my true purpose was and obviously that's how i ended up doing what i'm doing today but what advice do you give to people that have fallen into that trap where they're like mm. do you know what i'm on the i'm on the verge of something i'm doing something which is okay but i don't think it's long-term sustainable does that make sense mm. that they feel like they they be, they've been put on this planet for something which is bigger and better and whatever it might be mm. How do you, how do you, what advice do you give to people that really want to tap into not only their vision, but also Mm. their untapped imagination? What is possible? Mm. What is not possible? And how do you make that transition? Any thoughts there?
1: Sure. So there seems to be two questions. I'll split them up and I'll answer them separately. I think the first question is almost like, well, how do I begin tapping into that imagination? Uh, That idea of my dreams and how to make that a reality. And the second is, well, how do I make a transition? if I'm currently not doing that or doing something uh, that doesn't make me feel excited. So with regards to the first uh, question, which is, well, how do I start to tap into that vision? For me, it begins with asking yourself, well, who must you be in order to make that vision a reality? Because if you want to implement any changes, behaviorally, strategically, or professionally, it always begins with your identity. Uh, So asking yourself, who must I become in order to make that vision real? Uh, Over time, you'll realize why I'm asking you this question, because as you start to accomplish great things, as we all will, once we start to tap into that vision and express our true potential, is you will come to realize that it is not what you get along the way that is the greatest reward, but it is who you become in the process, your personal evolution, if you will. And that's why it always begins with who must you become. Now, you won't be able to have all the things immediately from your vision, but that doesn't stop you embracing the qualities of the person who has what you would like to have, i.e. your best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I would say in terms of tapping into that vision. The second thing is upgrade your environment. One of the questions I often get asked is, Simon, what is the quickest way to progress in any area of my life or business? And for me, it comes down to a very simple statement. Design an environment around you that makes it impossible not to succeed. Now, when I think about environment, it's not just the people you spend time with virtually or in person. It's also the books you read, uh, the podcasts you listen to, Uh, what you watch, uh, your physical environment. Uh, Just to give you a basic example to show you the impact of your physical environment. Imagine in one scenario, you're planning your week or your month uh, at home in your kitchen, or the second scenario you consciously decided to put yourself into an inspirational setting, say in the lobby of a luxury five-star hotel. And now you're planning your week or your month in that environment, immersed in possibility. There's a very big difference to the impact that we'll have in your brain and uh, your mindset. So that's the second thing I would say. So first is identity, asking yourself, who must I become in order to have what I want? The second is environment. And the third for me is to start focusing your energy on what strengths you have. Now, this sounds a lot simpler than it sounds, but here's the reason why. When you are looking to manifest any vision into reality, there are always two sales that occur. The second is selling you to others, whether you are designing a product or you're offering a service. The first is selling you to you. And you can't do the second well unless you have first sold you to you. So this is what I mean by focusing on your strengths and your accomplishments. Don't get too caught up with how far there is yet to go. Take time to reflect on how far you have come to where you are today. And keep reminding yourself of those small wins, which will help you build momentum. So those are my answers for the first part of the question. The second is, well, how do I transition uh, from where I am to where I want to be in terms of making that vision a reality? Well, the first thing is plan. Uh, you know, there's a, I, I can't remember who said it from the top of my head, but it's uh, when you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. Uh, and that's why it's important to have a plan, some sort of plan. Uh, the second is get a mentor or coach, someone that you can regularly touch base with to review your progress and for someone else to see some of your blockages. If you're the only one that is building that vision, for me, one, you don't have a vision big enough, uh, and two, you only see the world in one way. And as you know, there are many different perspectives to view one event or experience. Mm. So number one is plan, number two, get a coach or mentor, and number three is have a strong bias to action, have a strong bias to action. Now keep this in mind, your action doesn't have to be big. Even a tiny step counts as an action. But if your consistency that matters, imagine this for a moment, taking one tiny step each day, every day for the next year, that is 365 steps forward. Imagine where you could be.
0: Interesting. And even if you took once, well, sometimes people feel like they're doing one step forward and two steps back. But the more mm. steps you do forward yeah of course you're going to get some knockbacks you're still going to move forward right you're either moving forward or you're moving back but i always kind of use the analogy of you're either learning or dying type of thing it's you, there's never yeah. an in between the middle does that make sense
1: definitely definitely i mean as soon as you said that adam it reminded me of that film the Shawshank redemption i think it was <laughs> uh morgan freeman's character that says get busy living or get busy dying exactly uh, and even if you do take steps back you know this is what i Uh, I'm currently writing about in the book that I'm putting together is that very often we think that life is uh, a sprint or marathon. Now that assumes you're always moving forward. But as you say, sometimes you have to step back or you get knocked back. So for me, the analogy I prefer to use is that life is like a maze. You know, sometimes there'll be dead ends. Sometimes you have to retrace your steps. Sometimes you have to go back. Sometimes you'll be in energetic flow and -hmm. you find that you found the path forward. That's what life is all about. But that is also the beauty of life, that at any given moment, life can turn in our favor and can provide us with the step or opportunity that we need in that moment.
0: Love it. Very cool. Interestingly enough, you know, there was something that I really wanted to kind of tap into. And, you know, the age of kind of hustle hard and work yourself into the ground has kind of really gone, especially over the last 18 months hasn't it really because of the lack of travel and commuting and stuff Mm. like that and we've been forced to really embrace the digital arena as i like to call it Mm. um what do you what advice do you add to some of our listeners that maybe are struggling to find their feet not just in the digital world but Mm. to try to create vision to try to create success because you know being in the digital world, which is what we're doing right now, it is a very different animal. It's a very different mm-hmm. ball game to, you know, real-life perspective, whatever that looks like, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, normality. Uh, but what, what advice do you have for, for some of our listeners that, that are really still continuing to struggle to embrace digital and, and, and really trying to find their feet? Any thoughts there?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, one treat. That is going to be very important for you to embrace if you are committed to turning any vision of yours into reality, both personal and business related, is adaptability. Yeah. Yeah, Darwin noted in the fear of evolution, it's not the strongest or most intelligent that survive, it is the most adaptable. And so when you reflect on well, how do I adapt to digital? How do I adapt to this new landscape? Go back and remind yourself of how important that vision is for you. Mm. Sit down, close your eyes, visualize your life as if all of those things that you desire is already happening in your life. Speak to that best version of yourself. Listen to what he or she would say to you so that you can implement that today. Mm. And when you are faced with obstacles and challenges, you know, keep this in mind, you're never alone. The obstacles and challenges you often face, there are many, many people in the world going through exactly the same thing. Mm. But what you've got to do is trust that you can adapt, trust that you can embrace new technologies and platforms and experiment. You know, that's one of the benefits of, I think, the scientist's mindset, is when a scientist carries out an experiment, they don't view an experiment not working as a failure. They simply see it as feedback. They write down the observations, they record the observations, and they experiment again and again and again. That's why they have trials. And so you've got to view your life the same way. The last year, maybe you haven't had to, you haven't had the opportunity to meet in person. You've had to acclimatize to the digital world. Well, view as experiment. What can I try today? What can I try next week? uh, How can I start to experiment more by embracing this new platform of whether it's Zoom or Microsoft Teams? Uh, or any other platform that has popped up in recent years uh, to expand and develop my business or my own brand.
0: Very good. I know that, interestingly enough, especially probably in conversations that you've had in the last 12 months, is that... It's easier said than done, practicality wise. Oh yes, mm. you know, uh, Simon, or to our listeners, or Adam. You know, it's easy. You, you know, you you need to learn how to adapt. You need to become nimble. You need to become flexible and stuff. But there's always going to be an element, an element of mm. of people, especially as we're all wired slightly differently, that there is always going to be a fear of change. You know, this kind mm-hmm. of. You know, because we all have fear, and you know that more than anybody else. But this kind of fear of change, of you know, trying something new, it's like, oh, I'm not sure about that. It it kind of causes anxiety and stress and whatever it Mm. is. Any um, any advice for people who really kind of find it very difficult to embrace change and 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 really kind of really trying to resist to hold on to maybe Mm. old habits and times?
1: Sure. Well. First of all, part of that, for me and my experience, comes down to ego. Yeah. You don't want to change because you're operating from a very fixed mindset and you believe the way it happens should be the way. But that's very much driven by your ego. If you put your ego to one side and focus on, well, the world is changing. That's a fact. People are receiving and learning in different ways. That's a fact. The question you then want to ask yourself is, then well, how can I evolve in order to serve audiences in this new landscape and when your ego is put to one side guess what your mind is now focused on learning Mm -hmm. you now embrace the humility to want to learn from others and to learn new skills because there's always learning that can happen there's no such thing as perfect i agree you know if if you are perfect it means you can't improve but we can always improve a little bit Uh, and the second thing is when you ask me that question adam it reminded me of a brief conversation I had with the leadership expert Simon Sinek uh, when I was in New York and uh, it, it was sort of midtown and we were having a brief conversation when he was signing some books. And I said to him, Simon, I'm about to deliver a talk uh, at Salesforce on the topic of, uh, of leadership in modern business. And I'm curious uh, if you could offer one practical bit of advice on how anyone can become better leaders uh, today, what would that be? Something that they can apply immediately. And he simply said three words, uh, which I've shared often uh, in talks and conversations I've had. And those three words are simply, ask for help. Ask for help. Now, when you are in a leadership position, uh, whether you're in a company, you're running your own business, you're in uh, a community, one of the things that we have fear of is asking others for help, because we think, well, if I'm asking others for help, it shows I don't know what I'm doing, or maybe it shows I'm weak, or maybe it shows that other people know more than I do. But actually, insecurities do not make you any less of a leader. They simply make you human. And what you will find is that when you ask for help, you will often you know, develop a lot quicker than if you did it on your own.
0: Some great perspective and uh, yeah. And I actually wrote, um, I wrote an article about something that really recently and, I, and, I, and, I, and the title was Simon, the title was asking for help is seen as a strength, not a weakness. That was the title Mm. of the talk. And so I was kind of writing about that, about personal perspective and some stories and stuff like that. So I completely 100% relate to to what Mm. you're saying there. So that's good. Um, Tell us a little bit about your books. You've got a new book coming out soon, which I'm really, really excited about. It's kind of been been in the making for, I think, probably the best part of about nine months now, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, one of the positives from uh, the global lockdown, apart from becoming a parent for the first time, (laughs) is that, uh, I was fortunate to, uh, to land a publishing deal with, uh, with Penguin. And so I've been writing for the best part of the last year. Uh, we're looking to publish Q1, early Q2 next year. Uh, the reason why it's not confirmed is we're hoping to have an in-person launch. But as you know, whether that actually happens is outside of our control. Absolutely. Uh, so once we get better insight on that, we can, uh, we can see what it's going to look like. Uh, but yeah, what I can say about the book is that it's going to be built around the idea of energy management. Um, I had a number of ideas that I put forward to the publisher and we explored. And this idea really came about because a lot of the events that I was invited to speak at, uh, these were in person pre uh, the global pandemic. Right. After I got down from the stage and I was answering people's questions, a lot of the comments I received was, Simon, I love your energy. Uh, I just feel energized after that talk. And so I started to get this feeling of how important energy is. And then I sort of was saying to clients of mine and, and people that asked me for uh, insights and feedback that, you know, energy is everything. Uh, in Maori culture, you call it mana. In my own Chinese culture, you call it ki uh, qi or chi. Qi. Uh, in yoga, they call it prana. In Star Wars, they call it the force. Uh, so it's something that exists and is all around us Uh, and I just got really interested to see how people could tap into their own energetic life force Mm. because I think you can always tell uh, who has and who hasn't you know you can walk into a room and two people walk up to you and before they said a word you feel drawn to one person more than the other simply because of the energy they're exhibiting true And that is why energy introduces you before you even speak. It is a language that has no words, but any one of us on this planet can understand and feel. Uh, And so that's why I was curious to tap more into that and then just explore it through the work that I do uh, and how to energize others uh, to access that and to express and share it with the world.
0: Very good. Love it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to reading that. And uh, yeah, definitely 100%. Well, listen, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show today. I've I've been writing lots and lots of notes, as I always do it anyway. And I'm sure that some of our listeners, if you guys haven't been writing notes, you need to rewind. Okay, get your notebook and pen handy and start making notes you know and, and like i've been doing because you know i am a big believer and simon will agree with me is that everyone is a student you're always mm. learning because if you're not learning you're dying as we've already established during uh during today's show um, so i just want to say thanks buddy really appreciate you being on the show so really appreciate you and uh and uh and uh looking forward to future collaborations of course and and, and working forward working with ed
1: perfect thank you so much again adam for having me on the show and uh, look forward to catching up again soon.
0: Awesome. Guys, what I was going to say to you, make sure that you also connect with Simon on his social media links, and you can do so by clicking on his links below. And uh, just mention the podcast as well, uh, because then he'll know exactly where you've come from and uh, what he can do to help. So uh, any further questions, or if you want to connect with Simon, please do so on the links below. Otherwise we'll see you again on the next game Changers experience with take care, and we'll see you soon.